Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Kat. <laughs> hey, Tanya. <laughs> I love how we just giggle. None of our listeners know what we've just been through, but you and I, and we just are like, ha, ha, ha. I know. Well, and I love it when you are writing stuff, then all of a sudden I hear, hey, Kat, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, well, and I'm like, we've and got they can't see on. you. <laughs> we need to do some visual podcasts sometimes, stick them on YouTube. I think that that might be a little more entertaining for everyone. <laughs> What they'd see you, you kicking your feet up on your desk and I know because I can't sit right. So it's always this. <laughs> oh, always gymming oh, around. So, I know. So how's Kat? I'm doing good. Yeah, it is all good. Getting ready to go to Quebec City in a couple of days. So I'm excited about that. The world oh. traveler. Oh, something. I'm something. <laughs> So, but no, it, it, life is going good. You know, it's nice in the spring. What Do you have crocuses or tulips or anything yet? Uh, some of the daffodils are trying to stick their head up Aww. above the, the, we'll say. the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have friends who are like, oh, we've mowed three times already. And I'm like, uh, yep, nope, not nope. happening here. Yeah. I think our daffodils and tulips and everything else are long gone, long gone. Oh, yeah, you're way yeah. ahead of me. Yeah. Way ahead of me. Yeah. Well, I am very excited about today. What are we talking about? We are doing a part two of our interview with Sandy Coomer. And we're going to talk more about vulnerability because she had so many wonderful things to say the last time we couldn't get it all in. So we're doing a part two. I know. And it was right? it was wonderful. But let me tell you a little bit about Sandy. She's a poet and an artist. She's an Ironman triathlete and a business owner. And she lives in Nashville. She is a poet. Her poetry and art have been published in a lot of journals and magazines. And she She's the author of three poetry chapbooks and two full-length poetry collections. She's a three-time poetry mentor in the AWP Writer to Writer Mentorship Program and the co-host of a monthly online poetry open mic. She's the editor of an online journal called Rock Rail Review. She's an idea person. She loves adventures and challenges and learning how to do hard things that she never really envisioned herself doing. And that's kind of what brought us to asking her to talk about vulnerability. One thing that I think is just amazing, and I need some pictures of this, she's learned how to drive a John Deere tractor. She now bush hogs over 30 acres of farmland at her writer's colony in Middle Tennessee. And it is just incredible there. It's just, it's one of these places you drive into and you just go, ah, when you're there. It's just fabulous. She's built trails there. She fixes leaky faucets. She cl cleans out gutters. She takes care of fencing. She has colony cats that have writer's names, I believe. And she <laughs> designs and leads workshops. In fact, she and I are doing a workshop together on November 3rd and 4th. So all of our listeners should plan on coming. Space is limited for all the workshops, though. She also welcomes writers for one to four week residence at the colony. So you can just get on her website and you can apply. And that's at rockvillewriterscolony 
www.ellenbarnes.org. And uh, she's a dreamer. She's a teacher, an explorer, a nature lover. And her favorite word is believe. And all around the colony, you'll find all kinds of things that say believe around them. So it's pretty neat. So welcome, Sandy. Thank you. It's good to be back. (laughs) Part two of vulnerability. Well, that's a big, big topic. And I I don't believe we'll even finish today, but we're going to see how much we (laughs) can get in. It's really scary to be vulnerable in relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about today is relationships. And opening up to someone isn't really always an easy thing to do. We we fear that, you know, if we show some people our biggest insecurities, our biggest flaws, our biggest warts and secrets and things, they might treat us differently or even reject us. How do you think this keeps us from showing our true self? I think a lot of how and what we share with others relates to our personal fear of being rejected. A core human need is to be in community with others. And rejection sets us outside of that circle of belonging. Worse feeling. Yeah, because we all want to be a part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we'll go to any means to avoid that feeling. (laughs) Do you think many of us get into relationships hiding who we truly are. And yeah, yeah, we do because that fear, that fear can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. How do you think that hurts the relationships? Oh, it limits it. It very much limits it because we're always trying to gauge other people to, to see if we're safe enough mm-hmm. you know, to share things with. And maybe we want to, you know, we tell a part of our truth, but not the whole truth. Or maybe we sort of cover up the things that we think are most likely to be rejected or questioned. But mm-hmm. when we do that, we cheat that person out of knowing us. But more importantly, we cheat ourselves out of potentially being known. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a relationship that truly matters has to be built on what truly matters. And that is an open heart and communication, knowing that there's a risk in that type of sharing, but Mm. everything. Yeah. And that risk is what keeps people from really sharing it. Don't you think? I mean, I guess if I think about that, how many people do you think have been in long-term relationships and never shown their partner who they really are? Oh, I bet that, I bet a lot. Yeah. I bet a lot. Yeah. And that part, if you don't open yourself to the risk of being vulnerable in your very, very important relationships, you never get to claim the power of a richly supportive and accepting bond with another human being. Mm-hmm. Shame. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that you bring up this vulnerability piece in terms of the rejection piece, because I think about how many relationships I've been in, and historically, you you have a history of having been rejected at some point in your life and how much you carry that forward. So mm-hmm. can you speak to how much work it is to move past old rejection to move into new spaces of vulnerability? Yeah, boy, and that's that's super tough, you know, because we have we have memories are not just our our brain remembers, our body remembers. And some of those body sensations of of pain, emotional pain, they're, they're, it's so strong, it's so powerful that we don't ever want to feel like that again. So we'll go to any lengths to avoid that. I think really it's, it's, it's the thought of being courageous and realizing that, like we said in part one, that vulnerability is a superpower. And do we want to use our superpowers? Yes, we do. Of course we do. Even when it's scary and risky. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Well, what do you think being vulnerable in a relationship looks like? I think it looks 
Okay, I think it looks like this. Sharing the stories of your life experience and how those stories shape you as a human being. It means telling the bad along with the good, the hard along with the easy, the pain along with the laughter. We are all deeply complicated emotional beings. Some of us may be more lighthearted, some of us may be more serious minded, but we all share the truth and the trouble that comes with emotions. Because emotions are messy. Being vulnerable means you don't have to keep your house of feelings pristine and in order all the time. You can live in the reality of imperfection. And sometimes you have to say, I don't have all my shit together. You can be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that tidbit or that analogy I'm like oh that is quite interesting as I'm like running around the house and I'm like oh my gosh this needs to look better because people are coming over and and like doing that work on the inside you know also being able to be witness to that's really cool Uh, I have a quote from Stella Samuel and I was wondering if you'd heard it before vulnerability is a gift we give not a weakness we feel I have have not heard that quote Mm -hmm. Say it it again. Vulnerability is a gift we give, not a weakness we feel. I like that. I think that speaks truth. Mm -hmm. If you think about vulnerability, not as a lack or a weakness, but more like an open door to what makes us individually human and also collectively human. If we step through the door and we offer the richness of our truest selves to those people who mattered the most to us, that gift comes back a thousand because we get to have strong supportive relationships and as we said we're all relational emotional beings those supportive relationships matter a lot yeah and I think the trick is is that people associate their wounds to vulnerability and they sometimes confuse that they can be separate definitely and I think it's empowering too if you see vulnerability as a gift that you're giving instead of something that you're hiding because you know something that you're hiding, you know, it's not as powerful. So seeing it as a gift, I mean, we all love to give gifts. So that's probably one of the greatest gifts we can give someone we're in a close relationship with, even if it's a best friend, showing that that part of yourself. Definitely. And also, how many times have you shared something and to, to somebody else or a group and someone will come and say, thank you for sharing because I felt the same way, but I never had the courage to say that. And you've opened something in them and allowed them to maybe reach a little deeper emotional part within themselves. And maybe that will share with their important people. When you consider this, I wasn't even thinking we would go this path, but you think about this like with young people and with children and being able to be vulnerable with your children as an, a, an example so that they have that learning tool as they grow up to be transparent and to be fully open and available as they grow into the world and into the community and can see that that's not something that needs to be hidden. Right. Yeah. And you know, one of the the, um, easiest ways to do that as a parent is to admit when you mess up. I'm not, I did this and I shouldn't have, I apologize. I'm sorry. Let's talk about it. You know, some, as a, as a parent, one of the things I used to say a lot to my kids was use your words, use your words. Um, Let's talk about things, but also feel them. Let's feel it. Like, how do you feel? Let's, let's create emotionally intelligent children that will grow up to be emotionally intelligent adults. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. I use that expression kind of in the Reiki room a lot. Like, mm-hmm. so tell me how this feels when you talk about this. What does this bring up in your body? So it's actually kind of cool that you just referenced it because it kind of brings us back to let's talk about adult relationships. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't plan to take us down the kid route, but it was like, boom, it just came into my head. And I'm like, whoa, this is a great lesson for parents, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, and everyone always feels like they're the only person that's ever felt anything or done anything before. And I think it's reassuring to know when you share a part or you're vulnerable and you show your vulnerability to that person in the back of the room or to that child that they don't feel so alone. They feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this. You know, Sandy, Tanya, Kat has all felt, they've all felt this before too. Or they all do this also, or they hide this part of themselves also. So that is a way to reach out and touch people that maybe would never have opened up in some ways. Which is so huge in our society right now, where you look at in a nation who is coming out of a pandemic, who has struggled as a nation with cancer, cancer, with suicide, with death due to pandemic or death in general, like everyone has been touched by trauma in one form or another. The divorce rate, you look at the sexual trauma rates, everybody in the world, if it's not them directly, it's someone right next to them who has suffered trauma in one form or another. And if we're not all talking about it and being vulnerable, we're not going to be able to help people with their struggles. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, vulnerability starts one-on-one. It spreads to community, to, you know, neighborhood, to state, city, world. Mm -hmm. But it starts with you and me, you know, one-on-one. If we don't do that, we can't get to the larger ground. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. So moving back to talking a little bit more about rejection, we avoid it because it hurts. We talked about that. It makes us feel less than. How can one make that decision to be vulnerable with the fear lurking in the background? How, what, what do you have to pull from within yourself to decide to be vulnerable, to allow it to happen? Yeah. Um, so admittedly, that's that's hard. And and I'll share a personal story. So I had um, I was vulnerable with another person and then later realized that that person was not someone I should have trusted my heart with. And it hurt. And there's no other way to say it. It felt like betrayal of the most painful kind. And I can say it was only a few hours or a day that I felt like that. It, it was a long time, like weeks. Mm-hmm. But eventually I realized it wasn't my fault that that person wasn't honest or real with me. That was their lack, not mine. I was open and vulnerable. And the superpower in that is not dependent on the receiver. Mm-hmm. Power is not in the receiving end. It's in the giving end. Hmm. You live your life with your heart locked up tight like a vault, or you can share the key code knowing, as we said, that there's a risk that comes with that. But, you know, and we also said there's a risk in everything, a risk in loving and in sharing and daring to be yourself. The worst outcome is not when we're open and end up getting rejected, but when we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable to take the chance. I took the chance and it ended badly, y'all. It ended really (laughs) But you know what? My heart is still here. You know, do y'all remember that song? Um, I'm trying to remember who sang it. You both, I know you both know it. I could have missed the pain, but then I would have had to miss the dance. It's, It's called The Dance. 
that's Garth Brooks, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's such an incredible song because if you look at the things that if you hold all of your truths inside yourself, hold all those pieces inside, you miss out on life. You miss out on giving. And, you know, some people are just shitty people. They're just going to stomp all over you, you know, but then if you don't open up, you may not find that person that just connects with you, connects with your heart, be that a romantic relationship or a best friend, you know? So, you know, choosing to be vulnerable, you know, because sometimes you can miss the pain, but you don't want to miss the living. So as a tool or some tools maybe for our listeners, is there... I know there's no golden recipe because every person's going to be different, but are there some things that you do to mentally and physically prepare yourself for taking a leap? Oh, oh gosh. That's a tall order, Tanya. <laughs> I know, right? Kat and I'd be like, well, first of all, you're going to manifest it. Then you're going to journal it. Then you're going to do some yoga for it. And then you're going to breathe a couple times. Like we'd go down our laundry <laughs> list of yoga care, but... Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, I think you have to use some intuition as to whether the person that you're considering opening up to is worthy of that. I I heard this quote from actually a therapist of mine. People have to earn the right to hear your story. I love and- that. And I was just actually going to say, in I feel like in my analytical brain, I'd be like, well, let's see if I could ask a question of them first. And if they they prove to be vulnerable to me, <laughs> then I'll be vulnerable back to them. But then again, you can also see the psyche in my brain that's like, I'll only be vulnerable if you're vulnerable first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first, fill out these 10 questions. And if you score, then you <laughs> Well, how can we live outside of vulnerable and make it our strength? Outside of it? Oh, you can't, right? You have to You have to take the risk. You have to do the deep dive. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I'm not trying to say that this is this is easy and just follow follow this, you know, some of this advice that we're handing out today and everything's going to be fine. You may have a situation in life that is extremely painful. That's rejection um, that you wish you hadn't done. I wish I hadn't shared what I shared to that person that uh, that was not uh, a faithful person. I want my heart back, but I can't take it back. Mm-hmm. And and I have to live with, okay, I took that that risk. It didn't work out. Does that mean I never want to share my heart with another person? No. I still I still think that being vulnerable is worth it in the end. Well, and perception is also like so important in that because if you can move from a place of looking at it uh, instead of from that place of regret to now looking at it from a place of gratitude to look where you are now and the lessons that you've learned and the things that you've become because of it, right? And that takes that big leap too. And I always say no experience is wasted. So what did I learn? You know, what did I learn? Well, I learned a lot. I learned a, a, a lot of different things. One thing is that I learned I could share my heart with somebody. You know, that's important to, to that's know. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And and I learned that I can survive something that was difficult. I didn't crumble. I mean, maybe I crumbled for a few days, but I, I picked myself back up and I was okay. You know, and now several weeks, months down the, down the road, I feel fine. What do you, where do you think we draw the line between being vulnerable and oversharing? Yeah, I think we've all experienced a conversation with someone who overshared and maybe we wanted to say, TMI. <laughs> 
I think it comes down to two things. Number one, I think you follow the rules and the statement people have to earn the right to hear your story. I take that to heart. And that means you open your, your vulnerable side to those people who deserve to hear it. Those people with whom you've already developed a sense of trust and relationship. The risk is less because it's assumed that those people already care about you mm-hmm. and listen with compassion. But the other thing, you know, if number one is follow the rules, number two is break the rules because you're going to meet somebody someday with whom you feel an instant connection, with whom you feel a common bond. And you will share the story that needs to be told and they will listen and it will be like a miracle because since that being vulnerable was the right thing to be in that instance, they might not have earned the right to hear your story because you don't have a longstanding relationship with them, but you shared something, you and them shared this poignant heart space and it was important to pay attention to that. You know, Kat, you and I, when we met, I felt an instant trust and connection. I agree. Share things, not because we had this longstanding, oh, let me get to know Kat and make sure she's a safe person, but Mm -hmm. that I sense that this person is someone I can trust with my heart. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that just, but you know, the other thing, the other side of that is if you're just gushing your story to whoever's going to listen because you want attention or acceptance, as natural as those two things are, I'd say consider holding back just a little bit. But if you're on the receiving end of that, I'd say give as much grace as you can possibly give and Mm -hmm. honor story for the cost it took that person to share. Mm -hmm. I I do too. Uh, I was looking at something on Psych Central and it had some tips for building vulnerability. So I thought I would just read these little tips and see what you guys think about these. The first one is start slow. And so then you can gauge that your partner's response. Be honest, express your needs. If your partner hurts you, let them know. Model vulnerability. That's a hard one. Ask open-ended questions. If you're struggling, ask yourself why. And remember, sometimes it's not worth it. Mm. Ooh, that last one's a big one. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Like here, I'm writing all these notes. I'm like, oh, I should have just written that one down. <laughs> well, you know, and, the, and this is not cat, cat thoughts. These are literally what was in the article. Not everyone deserves your vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability is earned as a person shows that they can be trusted with increasingly delicate, meaningful information. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. So speaking of, do you have any books that are like your favorite go-to books for vulnerability or courage or superpowers like you refer to them? <laughs> uh, anything by Brene Brown will some part of that. I think she has the power of vulnerability. Really anything she writes is so empowering and so helping us understand ourselves and our emotions. I think anything from her is a good one. I have one in my shopping cart on Amazon because I've always got 50 books in there. But I just put this one in the last time we talked to you. It's called Fierce Vulnerability, Direct Action That Heals and Transform by Kazuhaga. And it just, it really, I don't know, for some reason spoke to me. And I think probably because it said Fierce Vulnerability because I love that title. I just thought it was fabulous. So I'm going to check that one out, but I've got, um, I've got all kinds of little Brene Brown stuff in, in <laughs> books. So I agree with you on that, Sandy. I also think there are some poets that write such vulnerable poems that even though they're not specifically trying to teach us a lesson on vulnerability, just reading their words 
Like I'm reading a lot from Rosemary Traumer, T-R-O-M-M-E-R. Right now I get a daily poem from her and she writes a lot about the suicide death of her son. Okay. Talk about being vulnerable, you know, and she's just right sharing these daily moments and every day is, is a, a mini lesson in art. How do you spell her last name again? I think it's T-R-O-M-M-E-R, Rosemary R-S-E. Okay, there it is. Very cool. Well, I love that you were able to take time to share again with us. We appreciate your vulnerability jumping on the podcast with us. Well, thanks for the invite. Can you tell everyone how they can get in touch with you and get your books? Yeah, my books, you can get Amazon, of course. Also, uh, Rockville Writers Colony website has my email. Contact me through that site. Mm -hmm. And you do have a good Rockville Writers Colony presence on Instagram as well. Yes. That's a good place to. Yeah. And I can't take credit for any of our social media because that's what my assistant does. So she does a fantastic (laughs) job. She monitors all that. But yeah, that's another way to contact us for sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Kat and Tanya. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast, and we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.